dairy. I'm actually going to write it at the end of my notes. Do the fucking laundry, you pig. Yeah. <laughs> Be a grown-up. Be a grown-up. Okay. Oh, I get to write dryer, because I probably won't remember what that means. <laughs> hey, Caitlin. Hey, Katie. How are you? I'm so good. It's the 16th episode Sweet 16. of Beautiful. Sweet 16. Oh, and it's called Cupcake, which is a sweet treat. Oh, my God. What? It's so perfect. Yeah. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I missed that show on MTV. It was so good. Watching those brats. Mm-hmm. No show proved better that money does not buy happiness. I, you know, I'm like people say, I'm willing to try. I, I think you could buy a lot of happiness for me. Oh, for sure. But I think if you're just completely spoiled. I guess. I'll try it, kids. though. You know? <laughs> please, give me their money. Yes, please. See how it works. And their lack of responsibility. Uh, yeah, I'll take that for sure. If you are just joining us for the first time, we are Hey Beautiful. We recap and review every single episode of How I Met Your Mother. One week at a time. One week at a time. And right now we are about halfway through, a little over halfway through season one. Crazy. And you can listen to us, however you're listening to us now, um, either on iTunes or SoundCloud. And we would love if you would leave us a review on iTunes, if you really like this episode. Um, Even if you just leave a few stars, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Because that helps other people find us. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at HeyBeautifulPod. And if you really love our show, you can send in a legendary moment and we will feature you on, on the episode. So a legendary moment is your favorite moment from any episode. Uh, or specifically the one that's coming up next week, which is, this time, Life Among the Gorillas. Gorillas are my favorite animal, so... Really? Yeah. Wow. That's cute. Yeah, yeah so you can you can email those to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com, and we will read it out on the show. And speaking of legendary moments, we have two to read before we even start this week. We have one from Sam, Mm -hmm. and her legendary moment is for Game Night, which was last week's episode. And Sam writes, an all-around great episode. I love Marshall's enthusiasm for games, the callbacks to earlier episodes, and everyone's chance to tell their embarrassing story. However, amongst all the fun, my legendary moment is the look on Marshall's face when he says, so that was a lie? In reference to learning <laughs> that Ted was not, in fact, vomit-free since 93. Looking forward to your episode, Sam. Well, thanks, Sam. I hope you did like that episode, uh, and I hope you're listening now. And, yeah, I, I loved that moment. It was, I mean, pure betrayal on Marshall's yeah, face. Just, he was so hurt. He's Like you said, betrayed. Oh. So that was a lie. Yeah. God, he's so good in those moments. I know. I love him. Our other legendary moment is from our girl Abha, coming all the way out from India, Mumbai. So hey, ex- Abha. So exciting to have international fans. Oh, my God. I feel so cosmopolitan. I know. Uh, Abha says her legendary moment from Zip, Zip, Zip um, was when the exchange between Barney and Robin and Barney is saying, you know, something about how, especially now that Ted's with Victoria and can't drink because he's pregnant, because he's the girl. 
And Robin chimes in, says, oh, come on, Ted can't be pregnant. You need to have sex to get pregnant. And then they, he goes, what up? Freeze frame high five. And then they do this awesome freeze frame high five. It was it's just, amazing. Yeah, it was really great. If you haven't seen that episode or that clip, like it's, it's worth it just for that freeze frame high five. Very cool. Very it's adorable. One of, yeah, and it's one of my favorite high fives that is done in this entire series. I Ooh. love it. And speaking of the high five, I actually made a GIF out of it, so you can find it on our Twitter. You're amazing. Yeah, so um, that's one little thing that I, that uh, we can also talk about is that we have a Jiffy or Giffy account now, or we have for this for this whole time, and we've been making fresh new GIFs as we go along. Mm-hmm. So you can go back and find ones that you can't find anywhere else on the internet. I know I always used to search for things and would be really pissed if I couldn't find them, so... You're welcome, world. We will keep making them as we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get down to Cupcake. This is Season 1, Episode 16, a.k.a. Cupcake. It was written by Susie Mammon-Greenberg and Maria Ferrari and directed, as always, by Pam Fryman. And I have to say, I immediately recognized uh, Susie's name from the credits. Mm-hmm. Because it's there a lot. But I didn't know that she also wrote. Yeah, that's a good point. She, um, she was also a producer on Seinfeld, which was Ooh. one of my all-time favorite shows. Um, but you're right. I didn't realize she was a writer. Looks like this is the one episode mm-hmm. she wrote. So I think, yeah, she's mainly like a show. Moonlit. Like a showrunner. Yeah. Do you have any info on Ferrari? Yeah. So she wrote two other episodes in uh, season two, Atlantic City and Moving Day. And also is a producer and a writer on a show I hate pretty much as much as Victoria. <laughs> if not more, uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Let's let's pause and talk about Big Bang Theory because I think people assume for some weird reason that they're That's kind of funny. a similar show. Oh. Have you gotten that? Like if I tell people I like How I Met Your Mother, a lot of times the first thing they say is, oh, have you seen Big Bang Theory? I don't. I don't see the I don't see the similarities besides it being like a group of people living in an apartment. <laughs> besides the fact that it follows a group of humans. Yeah. Around. Yeah. I don't know I, enough about Big Bang Theory to really yeah. comment on it. Other than I like I hate the show. I don't think it's funny. And I I've tried. I've me tried, too. man. I've tried it when I'm like delirious with a fever and I'm home alone and, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Caitlin. No one will know if you laugh. If you laugh, <laughs> it will be a secret just between you and I. It will not go further than Wait, this bed. who's the you and who's the I? It's the me and, and me. Me and inner me. <laughs> you and the fever dream you. Okay. Yeah, me and fever dream me. And, you know, so I'm just having that little self-talk about how if I laugh, it's okay. No one will know. And like sure, Ted, yeah. I can lie and pretend to be vomit-free since 93, even though I'm not. Rude, yeah. And I don't laugh. Like, I've I've watched it super mm-hmm. drunk, and I don't think it's funny. Right, and the thing is... And I get mad that people think it's funny. You can... I'm sure that some people listening might think, oh, it's just because the humor is really nerdy and they don't get it. Listen. Listen. Caitlin and I have traveled <laughs> far and wide to see Neil deGrasse Tyson speak live. We are space nerds. Yeah. Like, amateur... We went to a science camp just groupies. for women... We Young went to women. a science camp when we were in fifth grade, Yeah, maybe. Um, like, we are amateur space and science nerds. We love everything about it. Yeah, super but nerdy. But the humor is just 
not great. No, it's not. It's cheap. And I, I hope we don't lose any listeners because of this. Because I, I do think there is some crossover in the fan bases, but yeah, it's sure. it's never resonated with me. The humor feels really alienating. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying too hard to make it nerdy yeah. or whatever. So I think it's like a very... It's so like the stereotypes too. Like Yeah. Ugh. Like whatever. But yeah, so uh, to each their own, but... Um, Sorry, getting not, us way off track. Not for us, yeah, yeah, not for us. Uh, but good job, good job, Maria Ferrari, landing that job. I mean, like one of my best friends and my husband love that show. Yeah. So if I can still love them, dear we listeners, can yeah, it's fine. All of those things we, can be true. I can hate it, can but you can still like the podcast and be a fan. <laughs> That's right, and leave us uh, nice reviews on iTunes. And five stars, cool, great. Five stars, yeah, cool. Five Thanks. stars. Thanks. That's all we care about. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we start out with Future Ted narrating to his kids again. Uh, we don't see them anymore, which I don't mm-hmm. hate. Um, but it's another <laughs> montage of nauseating clips of Ted and Victoria. And we hear Future Ted telling us that when it comes to love and relationships, the best ones are the ones that come naturally. Which, same. Good advice, Future Ted. Absolutely. Yep. Because he's been on this kick lately about yeah. Being wanting easy. things that are easy. Yeah. yeah. And... He gets amnesia soon, but... He does. He does. <laughs> and, you know, it's not to say that, like, a relationship doesn't take work, but it shouldn't be that difficult, like, how it was with mm-hmm. Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, like, adorable little exchange between Ted and Victoria. Ted pulls out a tray of beautifully domed golden brown cupcakes. And clearly this, done. Clearly done. And this bitch is telling him they need a few more minutes. Um, what? Are you sure you want a bakery? Have you ever actually baked <laughs> cupcakes? Like, those were so done. Then she sticks her finger in, and it's completely raw batter. Raw, yeah. Anyone who has ever baked cupcake, the outside's not going to look like that, and the inside be inside. not happening. Yeah. They could have done that a little better. Whatever. It's a TV show. It's for a purpose. But they're like, I whatever. She's leaving. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And, you know, Ted says... That's what I loved about Victoria. Things are fun and easy and uncomplicated. But, I mean, even right there, you can sort of feel the butt. Yeah, but. Coming. But. And then speaking of butts. <laughs> oh. Right? Speaking of butts. One. That was a great good, segue. Good segue. Thank you. Like so you. Barney walks in on Marshall <laughs> coloring in his butt. He's wearing suit pants um, and filling in the holes because he's so poor as a law student that he mm-hmm. can't afford to buy a new suit and he has an interview um this is also maybe one of the first times we see barney's quintessential red bull that he oh, walks yeah. in with so he's like recharging from something who knows what who knows um, yeah so this is the first time that we also see how law school is affecting marshall and lily's finances mm-hmm. um like because he's kind of just been around and, and working on his on his degree but we haven't really seen uh, a whole lot about anybody's finances, really, except for except for Barney. So, apparently, he's making negative three hundred dollars a month, Oof. which just gives me so much anxiety. I me too. I was like, my stomach Ugh. hurt. Yeah, dude, like not worth it. Like I could have done the starving artist route for writing, and I'm not about that life. If it takes no. me longer to do the book, then I'm happy. I need that financial security. Yeah. It's a capitalist society. You got to do what you got to do. So Exactly. Maybe I'm more like Barney. <laughs> uh, 
yeah. So Barney's like, wear another suit. And then we see like the, the difference between Marshall and Barney, you know, mm-hmm. like Barney's like, just put on another one. And he doesn't have one, Barney. Check your privilege. Yeah. Check that suit privilege, please. <laughs> I love when he says that he has no other options other than track or birthday. I know. Oh, He's track so suits and birthday suits. Cute. I love that. It made me giggle. Barney says that he's going to take Marshall to his tailor because there's no way that he can go to an interview or get married in that suit. Uh, and, you know, Marshall's stressed. He's like, don't worry about it. This guy does everything for a third the price. So we're like, okay, cool. Maybe he's going to do it. Marshall's like, no, still no. I literally can't afford it. And Barney just goes <laughs> up, puts his whole finger probably like in the hole. Yeah. And just rips his entire leg off. <laughs> and you can see that Neil and Jason kind of have a hard time keeping it together when he does that. It's a really good scene. So apparently Barney loves destroying the clothes of his friends. Because first he lights up Ted's jacket. True. In the oh. pineapple incident. And now this. I think it's like he's trying to elevate their style. You know? Like this one, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because then he talked about the, it was like how it was a blend and he got robbed. That's yeah, true. Yeah. So he just, didn't need it anyway. Huh. He's trying to educate his friends. It's all means to an end for Barney. Exactly. So, long story short, they're going to go to the tailor together. At the bar, Robin and Lily are sitting in the booth, and Victoria comes over. Hey, girls, I'm on my way to meet Ted, and sits down next to Robin, explaining it's their two-month anniversary. And they're going <laughs> to dinner. And Robin, oh, girl for my own heart, says yeah. that... <laughs> We're, what we're all thinking is that that was the answer to the question she never asked. <laughs> and Lily attempts to roll, uh, to scold Robin, excuse me. Um, but, you know, come on, that's just how they are. They just bust on each other. They're at that place in their strong friendship. And at that point, Victoria leans over and hugs Robin. Like, inappropriate, Victoria. <laughs> she thought they were strong friends because clearly she can't read body language at all. After she goes to hug her, Robin goes, get off me. Oh, yeah. So it's not even like subdex anymore. Oh, yeah, no. But then she recovers and she's like, see, it's just another That's how we are. It's how we are. Oh, God. I love that. Victoria has this twisted logic that because she makes wedding cakes for brides, she can somehow get a discount on a dress. Maybe just because she knows the people. That's what I was thinking. Like, she's kind of friends with all the, I guess. the bridal shop ladies. I guess, but... Okay, so now she's invited to dress shopping, and she gets this, like, <laughs> little little phone call, or phone call on her little flip phone. And she's yeah. like, huh, better take this, and she gets up to take the call, and, you know, because that's what everyone does in this show. They let phone calls interrupt everything. And change everything. Change everything. <laughs> yeah, as soon, like, you should get nervous when you hear that phone call, like, what the fuck's happening? What's going to happen now? And Robin's like, what the fuck, Lily? I thought it was just us, but... Lily reminds Robin that she had her chance with Ted and she just really needs to get over and can't she just be happy for them? And Robin, like this quote is one of my favorites. Robin says, the best I can give you is a fake smile and dead eyes. It's so you. Yeah, that's why I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag fake smile, dead eyes. Lily is instantly sold. She's like, all right, I'll take it. Because, you know, she knows, she wants Robin there and she feels like it's important to include Victoria because... Her and Ted are together and, you know, just being a good friend, an inclusionary, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Victoria comes back over and tells the girls that she just got offered a fellowship to a culinary institute in Germany. Whoa. What? 
the plot thickens. Dun, dun, dun. Totally crazy <gasps> stuff. The phones, the flip phones, they should all just burn them because they ruin everyone's life when they ring. So it cuts to Ted and Victoria, and they're out on their dinner date, their two-month anniversary or whatever. And she fills him in about the fellowship. And, you know, he's in disbelief because, you know, his perfectly planned out relationship has shockingly fallen apart. I'm sure he was already, like, planning every single moment with her, which he always does. And, you know, fellowships are tough if you're in a creative field. And I guess a culinary field. I didn't really know they did fellowships, but it makes sense, like, to go and do something like that. They're a bitch, but they're necessary. Like, I did one this year, or in April, uh, for, for writing. And I was away for two whole weeks up in Vermont, like, just by myself. And... It's hard to get that time. Like, it's hard to get that focus when you're at home worrying about all kinds of stuff. So they suck, but they're necessary. But two years, I, I, I don't apply for anything that's longer than, like, two weeks. Of course, she applied when she was single, right? When, like, her whole world was open. So. Right. And I think she explains later that it was kind of a long shot because they don't yeah. take Americans. Yeah. So he, does, he, like, can't believe this. And he's a baby for a little bit. But he finally says congratulations. Which yeah, she's is like, great. Ted, come on. And yeah. Because he knows. I mean, she says right there that not a lot of Americans get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, he kind of lets his, gets out of his feelings for a second and says that. And Ted wants to know, of course, like what this means for the two of them. And she doesn't know. And she also has said that she doesn't know if she's going to take it. So right. at this point, I think she's scared for a couple of reasons. I mean, moving to Germany for two years. Right. You could just use the excuse of a new relationship to not to not take that risk. And then they start having the conversation about what what it means. So mm-hmm. it comes around to the idea of a long distance relationship and it's this the start of this recurring theme where basically every single character except Barty <laughs> says how terrible long distance relationships are. They're every awful. single character. They're fucking awful. They do not work. Um, yeah, they don't work. I have experience with that, mm-hmm. and so do you. Same. They are trash. Like backgammon. Yeah, like backgammon. Long-distance relationships and backgammon belong in the trash. Yes. So they seem, in theory, to understand that at this point. Mm-hmm. So they're like, no, we're not doing it. We either, um, either you stay or we break up. And then, this is the crazy part. She has to leave on Monday. All right. I know that, that this they is a are show hustling and... her out of this fucking uh, series. Like, not mad about it, but like, <laughs> but that's on un- that's unreal. That's unreal. I know, and I I like when things make sense, and this doesn't to a really bad degree. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, like Home Alone. That doesn't make sense. None of that movie makes sense. There's no <laughs> way he went down the stairs in that sled out the front oh door. There's God. just no way. There's no but way. that, yeah, but that's obviously supposed to be like suspension of discipline. I know. This, and I mean, this is, I guess, a little bit because really, it's just she needs to leave. There needs to be a reason for her to leave, right? And this is and the not fastest come back, way. basically. Yeah, not again. Not mad about it. But I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe there was a last minute change or cancellation, and she got in. Oh, yeah. the, you know, because anything could happen. Yeah, because she wasn't good enough the first time around. I'm, I totally would buy that. You're a bitch. I am. <laughs> so let's, we'll, for our logical brains, we'll say that it, she was waitlisted and a spot opened up last minute. Maybe someone died or something. So, yeah. Logical. All right. Problem solved. 
So, yeah, she has to leave on Monday, which is crazy. And then Ted actually has a really good idea. He says that they should, you know, take some time to think about things and meet up the next day. I don't love that he's like, we need to think about what we want. Because, Ted, this isn't your decision. No. Like, at all. Like, you have no say. Especially only two months in. Well, if she wants to try long distance, then he has a say. But whether or not she goes... Yeah, like, at this point, it doesn't really matter what he's feeling. Sorry. It doesn't really matter. So then we finally get that but, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that we were waiting for since the beginning of the episode. Here it is. But... She has to leave. And then uh, future Ted says, and that's when things got complicated. We cut to a side-by-side of Marshall and Lily on the phone. They're in separate locations, but doing similar things. Lily's at a dress shop and everything Mm -hmm. is fluffy and white. And it's like shopping in a marshmallow. Meanwhile, Marsh, marshmallow, well, yeah, (laughs) Marshall is at Barney's Tailor, which is in the back room of a pet store and is dark and sketchy and seems illegal. So it's kind of like being in Barney's mind. Good and point s- that they're both like doing the same thing. Like I caught the, I caught the juxtaposition of the marshmallow and Barney's mind. But yeah, they're both getting fitted for things. Yeah, for their wedding. For their wedding. In addition yeah. to his uh, job interview. Exactly, and you know this, the, she scene shifts, and then we just see we're gonna stay with with where Marshall is, and we're gonna hang out with the boys, mm-hmm. and Ted's moping about and really kind of messing with Sir. Sergey's process. Um, <laughs> you know, we see Ted wearing his trademark blazer with those wide cuffs. Oh, and, oh, and Ted realizes that he's in a pickle. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to lose Victoria, but he can't ask her to stay just for him. So I'm glad That's he recognizes right. that because it's true. He can't. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he says long distance isn't an option. And Marshall agrees because, you know, who likes long distance? Girls. All talking and no sex. Kill me now. And he goes to get a high five from Barney, and his hands are, like, firmly in his pockets. And he says <laughs> not to knock it till you try it, and he thinks they can work. And everyone's shocked because Barney in a relationship is one thing, but in right. a long-distance relationship. All emotions, yeah, no. All talking and no sex? Yeah, that sounds anti-Barney. Yeah, like, I... Mm. Maybe Barney in 1998. Yeah, Barney in 1998 for Pony sure would anything for Shannon. Yeah. Ponytail Barney, yeah. Uh, but no way, not the Barney we know and love today. I just realized Barney was supposed to go to Nicaragua for two years. Mm-hmm. And Shannon oh. told him, we'll make it. You're so that right. was like planting the seed of like how stupid long-term or long-distance relationships are. That's great. And it was another two-year stint. Right? And something that like was like their dream and passion. Uh-huh. But Barney didn't go. We'll have to see, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Victoria, what are you going to do? Just kidding. We all know she leaves. Yeah, so Barney reveals he is juggling four long-distance relationships right now, which ties really nicely into our blog post. Oh, my. Um, Yeah, so the episode aired March 6, 2006, and this blog post was dated March 7th. So those were, like, close. I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one's called Launching a Thousand Ships. And... (laughs) He's talking about his lagging pupil, Ted, and how little he absorbs of his advice from day to day. And he has this great pro and cons list for being in uh, long-distance relationships. Um, Like, some of the things are saving money on constant dates, (laughs) vastly diminishes chances of getting caught in bed with her friends, easy to break off via telegram, and cons are just three question marks. He's, he, he makes the analogy that long-distance girlfriends are 
the Lay's potato chips of women. They are meant to be enjoyed in massive quantities with tasty dips and spreads. They're disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, and he says the more long-distance relationships you have, the more sex partners you have. It's simple math. And one of the few times math can get you laid. So the more long-distance relationship you have going on, then you have a pretty good uh, chance of sleeping with somebody. And he's got this really handy little chart that helped him get through the first quarter of 2006. And it has the name of the girl, the pet name, where she's from, where she thinks he's from, where they met, and a few notes. Like, one thinks I'm in mandatory military service. Do not call till 2009. Oh, Barney. Ridiculous. So check that blog post out. It's, it's entertaining. Marshall starts telling this story about this summer that Lily said that you brought in Paris. And she kept talking about this weird little French dude, Gabriel. And I love his face oh, when yeah, he talks disgust. about He's so disgusted. And he gets, like, just this amazing look on his face. And he talks about how he went to go visit her and he goes to this party and guess who shows up gabriel and again he says <laughs> he had this weak ass <laughs> i love this scene he had this weak ass thin french mustache <laughs> and he goes you know i'm not much of a fighter but i knew i could take this weird little dude <laughs> So he takes Gabriel aside, got all creepy quiet, got the crazy eyes going. I love that. He, like, looks back and, like, how he's including everyone in the room in this oh, yeah. story. Um, in this like strange moment of, of his a pet lifetime. Shop. Yeah, he's like, you know, got all creepy quiet, got the crazy eyes going. And he says to, Gabe, uh, to Gabriel, you stay away from Lily. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or I swear to God, I will eat that mustache. <laughs> right off your ugly French face. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, he literally ran, literally ran away. Um, but he never told Lily about it because, to be honest, he's not that proud of it. But to be even more honest, he is because he's a badass and he's, like, protecting his woman. And, From know. French guys with weak-ass moustaches. <laughs> a weak-ass thin French mustache. So Ted asks him, other than confirming a lot of European stereotypes about Americans, what was the point? And the point was that Lily is Marshall's soulmate, and their relationship almost didn't last. Long distance almost killed us, he said. And so he tells Ted, if you think Victoria is your soulmate, you have to ask her to stay. And Ted's conflicted because it's too early. She might be. Who can say? And Barney yeah. shushes him. He's like, you don't, you barely even know the girl. Like, what is there to even, like be conflicted about what's your favorite color is she a dog person or a cat person is she open to a three-way um and he tells him ted he does he goes ted i do more research than this when i buy a cell phone he's gross but he's right yeah he's right barney's mo yeah so ted's like oh duh of course she's a dog person because he only likes dog people and we learned that in the pilot he's only attracted to other dog people so barney calls him out on it and ted's like you know what call her right now and he calls and asks Victoria how she feels about cats. And she says, hate, hated the musical, loved the animal. Yay, cat lady. Right Same answer. Victoria. But even loving cats can't save her for me. <laughs> so Ted hangs up the phone and he's shook. Yeah. She's a cat person. He doesn't know her at all. Like he, yeah. what? Like he just, his mind is blown. Meanwhile, Sergey shows some uh, fabric samples to Marshall, and, and Barney decides for him. And Marshall's like, 
you know, like, let me pick out my own fabric. It's my suit. And Barney laughs him off like he's a little boy. He's like, here, play with this pin cushion. And Sergey comes back and puts this jacket on Marshall. And Marshall's just so feeling himself. He's like, oh, yeah. oh God, I'm going to look hot. And he's just like, <laughs> can't stop looking at himself. And so Barney tells him that he can't fight a losing battle for the planet's survival in that suit. He has to come work for his company. He has to work for a winner. Um, they need good people because they get sued a lot. So sneaky. This is clearly what Barney was trying to do. Like, he knew that if he got Marshall into a suit that actually fit him. Oh, yeah. That he could probably get Marshall to, to fall in love with a suit enough to want to work somewhere where that suit would fit in. Right. Oh, Barney. So the, bar- the battle for Marshall's soul begins. Right. Exactly. Um but Marshall, you know, sticks to his guns and declines. And he says, the kid does not sell out. Oh, and the kid. the kid, yeah. I love that. I think it's the first time we hear it, right? Uh, we or heard, heard it, it another time. We heard it in Purple Giraffe when okay. he talks about, like, staying up all night to write a paper. Right. Yes, He's thank like, you. He's like, the kid is good, yeah. Yes. Barney tries to reel him in with the promise of a nice salary. In three months, he can make more than Lily does in a year. Ugh. Right. Give it oh, to me. So jealous. Yeah, I've taken it in a second. But Marshall says no. He's made a decision. And mm-hmm. you know what Ted tells us? He has decided too. If he tells her to stay and two weeks later it doesn't work out, he's an asshole. And this is such a shitty situation. It sucks for everyone. But Yeah, um, for real. Yeah, and he says it's just too much pressure on a new relationship. Very true. Yeah. All these logical things he's saying. I'm very proud of Ted. In this me too. Scene. Me too. And yeah. so Ted says that when he meets up with her, he's going to tell her that he wants her to go. That's his decision. What would you? What would you do? Oh my God. Um. I don't know. Two months in, I don't. I don't know if I would tell the person to stay. That just doesn't feel right. But I might. I don't know. I really it don't sucks. know. It's. It's really sucks because I actually was thinking about if this happened with Liz, like. Oh, I'd be yeah. so sad. I don't know what I would do. And then I like we were I mean we're lesbians. We were very deep in two months <laughs> in. Like this was not gonna happen to us. Yeah. You know? What about you with Chris? I that wouldn't happen to us either. Right. Like I would have picked up and moved to Germany or he wouldn't Fuck have gone. Yeah. Like the yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like That's true. There was that third option that he kind of dismisses later, but I would have gone to fucking Germany. Oh, uh, me that? too. He's a fucking architect. They need building in Germany. Come on. Oh, yeah. And, like, architecture is huge in Germany. Yeah. And Europe. I mean, like, uh, what an amazing chance for him to study or do. Yeah, dude. uh, You know, I'm sure, like, maybe because she had to leave on a Monday, like that Monday, Mm. I'm sure he could have looked into fellowships of his own, you know, for himself. Something and follow her in, like, a few months. Yeah, yeah, but doesn't even cross his mind. Because, I mean, everything is in New York for him. That's, That's where his life is. But, yeah. Yeah, so Ted decides he's going to tell Victoria that he wants her to go. So good for you, Ted. So we cut to the restaurant, and he meets up to tell Victoria. But before he can even get it out, she gives him this, like, the saddest cupcake in the world. It the did frosting not... is weird. I'll give you that the it frosting was, so was like, weird. square. Yeah, it was like she frosted it. And then, it, to me, it looked like there was, like, chocolate sprinkles on it. Yeah, yeah, like, And then it looked it like them. she... Right. And when she rolled it in them... It, like, flattened and, like, created... Like gave it a flat top. Yeah, it's, but it's not attractive looking. And she's like, yeah. you know, this is what happens when, you know, you let him finish baking. No, bitch. No. <laughs> you know, come on. I I trust Marshall and that your cake was amazing, but not... Yeah. 
not I don't buying know. it. I'm not buying it. I'm I'm shocked, Caitlin. <laughs> I'm shocked that you're so cynical about Victoria. Oh, I know, I know, right? It's a sh- it is a shocking stance. Ted looks at this cupcake and he gets this look, and then he just blurts out, "I want you to stay." So complete <sighs> one eighty. Yeah. Oy vey. Then we cut back to earlier that day, and it's we're back to the same split screen we had before of Marshall and Lily checking in with each other. But now we're going to hear the other side of the story. So classic. Love this. Classic him him going back to find out the rest of the story because we we know a few things happen that we needed more information about, and we right. get all of that here. And of course, hilarity ensues. So the the split fades, and we're in the bridal shop with uh, Lily, Robin, and Victoria. And, I mean, it's just such an uppity shop, like you can tell. Mm-hmm. Lily says that she wants to look like a beautiful princess, and Robin suggests the ones in the very front of the store in the window, and apparently those are the most expensive dresses, mm-hmm. because the bridal shop lady totally clocks Lily as a budget bride and says that those are out of her price range. And I love this part. Victoria says, you know, they can tell, these people are professionals, they can tell what you make by looking at your underwear. And Lily says, damn you, Old Navy, and your reasonably pi- priced three-packs. We've quoted that to each other. Fuck yeah. I remember, a, like, you so said true. something, and then, like, I said something like that, and you're like, yes, thank you for knowing what that was. I was uh, like, fuck hello. yeah. Uh, so Victoria tries to bring the spirit back to the party. Like, who cares? We got free champagne. And Robin, Robin immediately pivots to cake. <laughs> I loved it. And let's talk, before we get into Robin being a total monster this whole scene, um, she has this very um, dark look on. Mm. Like, everyone else is all in, like, pastels and, you know, white and pink and all this stuff. And then Robin has on a leather jacket, which I've never seen her wear. Yeah, she's, like, like, very, like, like, severe. Yeah, severe. Like, very, like, heavy silver jewelry. And, like, I think the jacket had, like, studs or buttons or something on it. Black shirt pin straight hair and like definitely more severe makeup than she usually wears so like she was going in like they they really made her look like she was not happy to be there right um so the first thing she says is she asks victoria what she's gonna do about her donut fellowship i loved that line the whole time i was watching this i was like wow caitlin must have just been living my level of petty my level of petty yeah I loved this episode. Yeah, of course. She totally just came to be a bitch. And Victoria says she's torn. And so it's the same conversation that they're having across town at the tailor. She's like, do I stay? Do I go? And again, the idea of long distance gets brought up. And Lily says exactly what Marshall says. All talk and no sex. Kill me now. So they're absolutely meant for each other. I love. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Victoria's like, yeah, but he might be the one, which sounds crazy. And of course, Robin just is just like shooting them down every time they get lined up. She's like, I feel a little Stepford turning down that opportunity to chase a guy. I love our career, girl. Yeah. But a then, guy you've known two months. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That you've known only for two months. And Victoria says, yeah, but it's Ted. And I mean, I've said it a million times before. Like, she is the female. Ted because Ted has said that about Robin Mm -hmm. but it's Robin like all that rational stuff doesn't matter when it's the person you love or really really like and I will say this is the only time where I liked Victoria 
Yeah. She was like, she really loves this him. This is Ted. She goes, he's amazing. And she, like, kind of looks up. She's like, he's the best guy I know. Yeah. And that, that's how I feel about my husband. Like, he's the best guy I know. And yeah. just, you, I know she, this is a show. I know she's an actor. I know this is a character she's portraying. But, like, I felt it when she said yeah. that. It's like, just, like, this quiet little, like, he's the best guy I know. Like, she loves mm-hmm. him. Yeah, she and I was sold like, that. And, yeah. and I think it gets extra under Robin's skin because she knows it's Ted. Like, she knows how great Ted is. And just watching mm-hmm. how much Victoria appreciates him probably kills her because she could be the guy. I mean, she could be the girl with Ted right now, with this amazing guy, the best guy she knows too. Like right. who else does Robin know? So like, she's just watching all this from the outside, but you know what, bitch, you had your chance. That's all I'm going to say. Also, Robin is definitely drunk on champagne. I love it. Yes. So she's just been like drinking her feelings this whole time. She, she catches bridal shop lady, tells her the champagne bottles kicked. Yeah. Just class. Just class. From, Pure class. From bell to bell. Lily comes out in this horrible mullet dress. And we get, it was real bad. I mean, this, like, just offensively bad. It's almost like this bridal shop woman wanted them to get out. You know, like, she gave Lily the ugly dresses, so she would realize there was nothing affordable in her price range. Probably because Robin is drunk and being a fool. (laughs) And they're poor, so they're not going to spend a whole lot of money. So, like, it's clear that it's not worth her time. Right. I'm not going to waste my time. I'll just try in a couple of dresses. But that's yeah, about it. Right. She knows they're not they're not the big ticket item. Have you gone wedding dress shopping with somebody? I went with my sister and it was a little stressful at first for her. Uh and it was at David's Bridal, which is like a fucking meat Ugh, market. I hate that place. It yeah. it's so awful because as a bride, like you maybe you have like an idea of what you want something to look like in your head or what you want your wedding to be like, whatever. I don't and not that like you have like this fairy tale wedding, but you have like even if you're just a structured, organized person, like, this is what I want it to yeah, be like, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, um, And you, like, then you go and you try on dresses and, like, stuff doesn't look like you want it to or how you think it should or whatever. But, yeah. so that's awful as the bride. But as the support team, you mm. don't know how to react. Yeah. And the dress they love might be one you hate. It's like being the boyfriend and your girlfriend comes home and she's like, I'm pregnant. You're like, what do I say? Let's Ex- wait to see what she thinks. Like, like when Lily and Marshall were sitting in that jail and cell, he, and he waits for her. And I know you and Liz talked about it, and I was so glad that you did because that was in my notes where I was like, he like waited to see what she was gonna say yeah. before he reacted, and I thought that was great. Yeah, Lily comes out in that terrible dress and. She starts talking about long-distance relationships and how terrible they are. And we get the real story of Gabrielle. 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 Uh, So Gabrielle, turns out, is a woman, a girl. A girl. And apparently was the only person who would talk to Lily. She was so alone. She was the only American in the program. And she was really self-conscious about this little mustache she had. She was homely and strange-looking. Oh, homely and strange-looking. Yeah, they're both like, like really She was self-conscious neat. about this little mustache. <laughs> so, yeah, so it turns out Marshall intimidated a very small woman, maybe a little lesbian. Yeah, who knows? You know, a little scamp. Get out of here. A little scamp. <laughs> 
So, yeah, and and then Gabrielle stops talking to her, so Lily was alone the rest of the time. And she said that, you know, it's, if if you think, like, the only thing that made it worth it was, like, knowing that my soulmate was at home waiting. So, right. if you, if you want to, if you think Ted is your soulmate, even if you just almost a little bit think it, she says try to hang on to him. So, that but, I'm uh, guessing that how? means, yeah, how? That either means long distance or her staying. So, yeah. yeah. Whatever, like, she's leaving it up to Victoria to decide how she hangs on to him. Yeah. But she's telling yeah. him that, like, you, you can't let him go. Yeah. And I love that both she and Marshall sort of talk about things in the same way mm. and, like, tell the same story. Like, they have been together so long that when something comes up, they're, like, the same memory is triggered for both of them. Yeah, and I think... Too, because they met their freshman year of college and they've grown up together. Yeah, exactly. You so know, they have, like, so a share lot... all those shared experiences. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. The phone call comes through that we saw earlier uh, where Ted called Victoria to ask if she was a cat person. So this time all we get is uh, Ted asking if she likes cats and Victoria answering and she hangs up and she's very confused. And of course, Robin swoops in to make her paranoid <laughs> and says, you know, maybe he's buying you a cute cat so you'll stay. <laughs> and Victoria, this entire time, has not picked up on Robin sabotaging her I at know. all. She's like, oh, that's low. Like, totally buys what Robin is selling. It's, I think she just really wants Robin to be her friend, so she's yeah. willing to, I don't know. Yeah, no, they have, They, I mean, after game night, they have a really weird dynamic Mm-hmm. So she's probably trying harder, but I, at the same time, there must be a little piece of her that's like, "What is the, what is going on?" If she's being like this, if I were in this in Victoria's situation, I'd be like, "Fuck you, bitch!" Like you yeah. know how when Robin walks out of the bar with Barney and she's like gives the head nod to the yeah. other woman, that's how I would be all the time to Robin. Be like, "Yeah, what up, bitch? I won. What up?" Yeah. You know, because I'm Patty. So, yeah, she says, oh, yeah, I wouldn't even wait to find out if that's what Ted meant. I would be on the next plane to Germany. <laughs> and, I mean, this whole time, Lily is just like, will you stop it? I know, she's like, not surprised she's a cat person. I love yeah. it. So rude. So Lily comes out in the next terrible dress. Of course, they hate it. And uh, Victoria disappears to go get one of the real dresses just for fun. And she does the most theater kid run out of that room. <laughs> It's like this hitch step and then run. Oh, it's theater kid, yes. It is yes. so fucking like theater kid running off stage. And I was like, oh my God. I remember doing that run. Theater kid running off stage. That is perfect. Right? Every time I see it, I'm like, oh my God, what a theater run that was. So Lily and Robin are alone for a minute. And Lily's pissed. She's like, what the fuck, Robin? Like, you have zero chill right now and you're yeah. going to totally blow your cover. This is not. Dead, a smile and dead eyes. This is not even close. Full out sabotage. Lily's like, you're like basically hustling her out of the country, mm-hmm. but you need to stop because she makes Ted happy. And you kind of see that hit Robin. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Lily is always the conscience. Like, she's always the voice of reason. And something about her saying that. Yeah. Because within that, she's saying, if you actually care about Ted, you're going to want him to not get crushed. And Victoria leaving is going to crush him. And look how happy she makes Ted. You know, he, she, yeah. Exactly. And look how much she loves Ted. I mean. She really does. She's all the way in. And Robin, I think she knows that she can't give that to Ted. Like 
she doesn't want what he wants. So Victoria comes back with the dress and it's this beautiful, perfect dress from the front. So Lily's so excited and she and Robin are alone again. And they actually start talking about real stuff. Victoria says that she always considered herself an independent woman. And it, sometimes it, you know, it feels like giving up on this opportunity for a guy feels pretty unfeminist. Mm-hmm. And I think the combination of the champagne, Lily softening her, and Victoria sort of opening up about being an independent woman sort of all melts Robin. Yeah, she's like, okay. You know, because she's an independent woman. So, like, this resonates with her. And she also knows, I think, up until up until Lily said something, I don't think Robin understood the gravity of what she was doing by trying to drive a wedge between the two of them. I agree. I think it's kind of, like, hitting her as, like, oh. Like, if I keep pushing on this, she's going to leave and, and it's going to be my fault. Like, I think she realizes that if she wants to be with Ted, it has to be on on fair circumstances. Robin opens like all the way up to her more than we've seen her with right, which we Lily. never see her do. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it feels easier because it's someone that's sort of removed from the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, like because you can say stuff to people that aren't gonna like remember it, which is great. She even like puts her hand on Victoria's knee. Like yeah. they get very they get very close about it, and you know she says. There's a lot of lonely, lonely nights when you put your career before everything else. Right. And it doesn't make you unfeminist. It just means that you would be happy together. And, like, she looks like she's about to cry. And it's like we're watching her soul die in real time as she's, like, letting Ted go. Yes. Yes, I wrote that. Like, you can see a little piece of her dies inside. So that sad. was my, my direct quote. And... You know, I think, like, this, that's what, like, feminism is about. It's women supporting, or just supporting women to make whatever choice is right for them. And, whatever choice is right for them, right. And, you know, whether it means you want to be a stay-at-home mom or you want to be a single career woman. Like, it doesn't really matter. And Robin, like, kind of tells Victoria maybe what she already knows. Um, yeah. But, like, it's okay. Like, you, it's not unfeminist if you want to stay. Like, it just means maybe that it's the right choice. I don't think this conversation would have happened like this if men had written this episode. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Because the like the using the phrase that. like unfeminist, like just saying feminist, I think a lot of people have a lot of negative connotations about it. Yeah. And I was a little surprised that Victoria used it because we don't know a whole lot about her. Mm-hmm. She's just been sort of like the lovey-dovey romantic up until now, but this is like a legit like modern conversation. So yeah, I, I, I love that they had women writing this, uh, this episode. You're right. Very good point. And right? I think, yeah. And I think Robin had in her mind, like this idea of who Victoria was. Mm-hmm. And when Victoria kind of opened up to her and all of her like misgivings about, does she go, does she stay? I think that really was like such a big turning point. Yeah, and I'll say this, like, I know that you said, and I agreed that, you know, if there was a Victoria happening, or if if Victoria was, like, us, and we saw an ex or someone that Ted used to like, we would be very cold, like, forever. Yeah. But I feel like if (laughs) if you're around another woman long enough, and, you know, it's someone that that your partner liked, clearly there are going to be things that you like about them, because... Chances are they're similar to you because mm-hmm. he liked you and he likes this person. 
Um, and I've had that happen. Like, I mean, lesbians stay friends with their exes a lot. I don't, but that's, you know, a whole other story. Yeah. We um, yeah. Like for good reason, I don't. Way so, but you know, Liz has dated a lot of cool people. And at first I might've had like a chip on my shoulder, but then I realized, oh, she liked them because they were strong women. They were driven. They were smart. Like, so of course I'm going to have things in common with them. And eventually that wall comes down like it does here. Right. So out comes Lily in the gorgeous dress. Mm-hmm. And she's so excited, but she knows that it's out of her price range. So she just wants them to snap her neck so she can dye that pretty. And she eventually comes back down to earth, asks Robin how much, how on a scale of like one to never, like how, how much she's, how much the dress costs. Mm-hmm. And Robin says, never, ever, 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 ever times infinity. So we know this is like outrageous. And then almost immediately, Lily proves that she can't have nice things. <laughs> that the lady at the shop was right. She yeah. fucking backs up and she's like so high on the dress that she just sits right down in the cake. Oh, and I remember just... like an audible like screech when she did that when I first watched it I was just yeah I like sucked in air through my teeth right and so and Victoria and Robin's faces are freaking great at this point Robin's eyes are so wide so they have her stand up and as she's standing up she fucking rips the dress (laughs) I love it so much oh it's like it was bad enough that she sat in the cake or whatever but like the rip Like, just that put it over the top for me. And, of course, it's raspberry and chocolate. Yeah. Goddamn. Delicious combination, by the way. Good job, Victoria. Who I'm assuming made the cake, right? I'm sure she did. Yeah. The owner is, like, quiet. I mean, she's not even horrified. She's just like, yep, knew it. How are you going to pay for it, bitch? Yeah. Oh, there is one other little thing that I always notice every time I watch it. There's a point when Victoria cuts off a piece of cake, but she totally mimes it. And just, like, takes nothing. She does, like, this weird, like, swivel cut. And then, like, just... It was just so fake. But anyway. Yes. I I noticed that, too. I was like, what are you... It's like a weird cut. What are you doing? Yeah. Just slice it, Victoria. Yeah. You work in a bakery. You can't fake cutting a cake. So she can't even bake or tell when cupcakes are perfectly cooked. So... There's that. Oh, God. So back at the restaurant, and Victoria gives Ted a stupid cupcake, and Ted blurts out that he wants her to stay, and um, Victoria then realizes that she has to go to Germany. So it's a complete flip uh, of what they both had already determined what they were going to say to each other. Um, And Ted's like, okay, so that's, you know, what you decided, and... Victoria tells him that she can't let him make that decision for her. They've only been dating for two months. Like, she finally realized. And I think this is where you see kind of, like, that feminist putting herself first. Not even just feminist, just the independent woman she talked about. That I haven't really seen that about her Mm -hmm. at all. I mean, there's been many opportunities other than we know. Yeah, because they don't know each other, right? They don't know that about each other. But she tells him that they've only been dating two months. It's not his decision to make. It's her decision and hers alone. Amen. And Ted's like, yeah, I know. I was going to tell you. You had to go. And then he got this shitty looking cupcake and realized how great he was and how much he'll miss her. 
Um, you are evil. <laughs> and Victoria says, well, would you move to Germany? He's just totally, like, flabbergasted. Why? Like, oh, my whole life's here. Why? That's crazy. We've like, only oh, been so- dating for two months. Like, so now, like, when Victoria said it, it was ridiculous. But now when he says it, we've double only been dating standard. for two months. Yeah, yeah. Double standard alert. Exactly. And... Again, Ted says, you know, we've only been dating two months. It's not fair. It's not fair that we have to break up. Oh, the universe and is so unfair to Ted Mosby. I know. And Victoria looks really teary. And she's like, so I'm breaking up? Oof. And he's like, I guess so. And it's that sucks because, like, you can tell yeah. neither one of them want to. But Yeah, and up to this point, neither one of them, I think they both theoretically understood that they would be breaking up. Yeah. But now that they've actually made the decision to that Victoria will go, and that's the result of that, both of them are kind of like, oh, shit, we actually got here. This is right. where everything ended up. Yeah, they weren't ready for that, even though they knew deep down. So we cut to the next morning back at the apartment in the kitchen, and it sort of is a callback to the beginning of the episode when he and Victoria were standing in the kitchen. But this time he is talking to Marshall, and Marshall is looking off into middle distance, modeling his fly new suit. And he slowly gets like more and more exaggerated about it. So first he's sort of just standing a certain way. Then he's checking his watch and he's got his yeah. leg up. And then he fully like leans over and grabs the lapel and does this whole thing. And Ted's like, oh, is that a new suit? And I love this little passive aggressive line where he's like, yeah, it is. It's kind of weird you hadn't said anything <laughs> i love yeah I, I made a note to make sure that was brought up because i loved that line oh my god there's just so much in that it seems like they broke up at the at the, at dinner the night before mm-hmm. like they, he doesn't really say that but ted's basically like resigned to the fact that he's never going to see her again and right. marshall's like uh she doesn't leave till monday and it's only what sunday at this point yep sunday morning and he said if you knew you were going to lose your leg tomorrow, would you be sitting around or would you be out doing all kinds of stuff and awesome air kicks until, you know, until you had to get it chopped off? And Ted does, oh, awesome air kicks, you say, and he puts his leg up on the the stove to show off his brand new PJs. I that was cute. thought that was such, like, a really cute... Um, like a side, you yeah. know, like a cute little like roommate thing. Like, well, yeah, and it makes it, it sort of lightens the mood a little bit because this episode yeah. has been pretty heavy. New pajama bombs, you know it. And, and you they know both it. do the same thing. Yeah, like the exaggerated movements and like the, you know, slowness and just they like, even get like the same like like middle distance look. Yeah, and the same like yeah voice. So cute. Uh, so yeah, it seems like Ted is interested in this this air kicks idea. Yeah, definitely. We cut to the bar, and Ted is totally butchering this whole leg thing and air kicks. <laughs> you know, but he makes the point of, like, why end in a fight? We had a good run. Let's do all those things we never got to. Yeah. Um, you know, we, let's go to the museum. Let's go to the bridge, uh, Brooklyn Bridge. Let's go to the zoo and see monkeys. Let's go to that restaurant. And teacher Ted narrates and tells us that's exactly what we did, but we, the audience. The adults. Yeah, we see him. Sorry, something's coming back up my throat. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, they're just having sex. Banging all this. And I like that they're like holding hands at the bar, and then you cut, and they're holding hands in bed. Not that people 
ever do that. But it was just you like a, a cute little segue. Um, and, and I also will note, I feel like, so when, when she's like asking all these questions and like joking with him and like poking holes in his air kick story, he like shoves her head. I know, like. It was so hard. Yeah, she's like, like, I have just much. have one question. Like, and I had this question too. Like, what is so wrong with <laughs> the leg that it's able to do air kicks one day but needs to be removed the next? Yeah, excellent, valid question that did not deserve that shove. No, like, he totally. almost knocked her off the fucking bar stool. I know. It's like, damn, Ted, reel that in. <laughs> I don't know what I would have said if, if, like, if Liz was leaving and she said, hey, we get one more day together. I don't think sex would happen. I feel like I would ruin all the sex crying. Like, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if I could be that much in the moment knowing I might never see her again. But, you know, this moment is fleeting. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. chased by another moment. <laughs> God. We're back at the bar. And right at this point, it's just Robin and Lily at the table. And Robin is trying to get Lily to tell Marshall how much the ruined dress cost her. And this is a recurring theme between Lily and Robin. Uh, that will come back up later on of her trying to push Lily to talk about her finances with Marshall. Uh, so Lily says, nah, it's not a big deal. You know, I'll just wait till he fucks up and slip it in there. And Robin says, well, here's hoping he hoping cheats, he cheats on, on you. And that's how you know it's like real bad, whatever the price is. And yeah, Lily says, yeah, but just second base. <laughs> little booby, little Hong Kong. Yeah, no big deal. That's second base, right? Up the shirt? I think so. That's still a base, right? God. Up the shirt would be like first base. Isn't first base kissing? Kissing's a base? You're a slut. Clearly. <laughs> Brute alert. Brute alert. Right, okay, well, let's backtrack. That's how, This is how I do it. I backtrack, right? Home base, home run is is sex. It's P and V sex. Because yeah. the, the bases were created for straight people. Because Yes. Baseball metaphors and men and... Right. I mean, lesbians play softball, but, I mean, the bases kind of go out the True. window with lesbians. Yeah, so that's sex. Third base is oral, right? Right. So Second talking... base is up is hand stuff. Hand, hand stuff. stuff. Hand stuff. Second base okay. is hand stuff. Because I'm like, how is groping a boob and then you move on to a blowjob? <laughs> or, like, a cunnilingus? <laughs> All right, so then first base is, is honka honka? Or does that count as hand stuff in second base? Mild hand stuff and making out? Maybe, maybe. Mild hand stuff, like boob grabs and like, yeah, boob grabs is like, and like when over you're the in pants, a pickle dick between rub. first and second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dick rub. I didn't know what to say. Over the pants, dick rubs and boob grabs are like when you're in a pickle between first and second or you're like yes. trying to steal like, second Like, where base. am I going? Can I get to second? Like, can I... <laughs> <laughs> love a good dick rub oh god i just hit the mic <laughs> we need to die now over at the actual bar uh marshall and barney are hanging out talking about how hot they are in their suits and it's so cute because uh marshall is like mimicking like sort of miming everything barney does trying yeah. to like trying to like pick up his cool vibe so cute then we see marshall grab two beers and he heads over to the booth 
and just lays on the guilt without even knowing it. He's like, hey, it's do- dollar beer night. So I splurged and got us each our own, which means they're so poor that they're sharing beers. I know. And on I, a normal I, night. I was like, I should have gone back quickly to look at other scenes of the bar. Are they sharing a drink? Ooh, so one drink? Maybe like Continuity. in this episode. Probably not. But Yeah, probably not. It's like, oh, God, that's all sad. So, of course, Willow's just fucking dying. And uh, Barney, again, brings up wanting Marshall to work for him. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, happens to have the bill for the suit right on him. And I just, yeah, I wrote masterful. He plays these people like a GD fiddle. He does, though. (laughs) Right? It's unbelievable. He's, like, got, like, five to six, like, five to ten step plans for every single one of them. So it turns out four grand for that suit. And it's basically like, mm, yeah, I guess you are going to have to work for us. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, that's real bad. Yeah. That's fucking diabolical. That's fucked up. Yeah. And so Barney or Marshall accuses him of orchestrating this whole thing. And Barney says, I most certainly did. And just stop. And you're just like waiting for the knot, but he just is sitting there smiling. That's because that's the other ear. thing about Barney. Like he's a scumbag, but he's pretty honest about the scumbagginess. Yeah, like he's upfront about who he is. Yeah, absolutely. So Marshall's still like, no, I'm not working for you. And he turns to Lily and he's like, I'll get another job or two jobs to pay this off. I'm so sorry. And Lily is just crawling out of her skin listening to him apologize to her. And she just screams that she destroyed an eight thousand dollar wedding dress. Oh, yeah. $8,000. Yeah, so Eight. yet again, Barney has won. And then at the very end, oh, by the way, you're going to need new shoes. I know a guy. And I am so surprised Bar- Marshall didn't leap over that fucking table. That dude deserves a slap, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. We'll see if that happens. At the airport, Victoria uh, says that she's so happy they got to spend the day doing awesome air kicks. And Ted makes a joke about, like, yeah, but, you know, all that sex, blah, 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 blah. And... You know, they're talking about just about how much they're going to miss each other. So we see Victoria going through security, and Ted blurts out that he knows it doesn't ever work, but maybe do we want to try long distance? And she's like, we'll make it work. And they're talking about how they're going to beat the odds and odds schmods. You and and everybody else that's ever uh, come up against a long distance relationship. And uh, everyone thinks they can be the one couple that's special. You're not. you're, You're not. You're not. That's what my husband and I told our son when we're like when you have your first kiss like you're gonna feel a lot of things and you're gonna think you love this person but you don't and you're gonna think we don't know what we're talking about because this is different but it's not like yeah 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 you gotta gotta lower them expectations absolutely so then you're never disappointed only pleasantly surprised that's my life motto but again this is why they are perfect for each other because this entire episode they've been getting the right advice that long distance relationships do not work Mm -hmm. and both of them decide to listen to their hearts penises and vaginas instead we hear future tad telling us that it didn't work and long distance was and is a terrible idea which everybody has been saying in this entire episode yeah but he i mean he spoils it right there so we know that a breakdown is coming and possibly soon Mm -hmm. so holy shit dude all right, what did you think of Cupcake? I loved it. I loved seeing the darkness in Robin's heart. <laughs> that was great. I had, like, someone to cheer on when she was, like, hating on Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, taking I, I try to take Victoria out of the equation when I think about the episode. Of course, um, naturally. Naturally, yes. 
Uh, but I did, you know, I, I did like this episode a lot. Um, I love just like that dual storytelling where you get a piece yeah. of the story from here and then you find out more information like the story of Gabriel <laughs> slash Gabrielle. Like that reveal. <laughs> so oh, good. so good. It's so good. Um, but I really did enjoy the episode. I didn't hate it for sure. Like, you know, drum roll, please. But not my favorite episode, but it was palatable. Yeah, yeah it's a it's an episode that gets stuff done. And that's what I said that. In most shows, there are two kinds of episodes. There are those that give us more depth of character, like Game Night was. Like, like we found right. out all that stuff about Barney. It didn't move the plot at all, really, but we found out a lot more about the characters. Um, and then there are episodes like this that, like, propel the story forward. And so right. they're not, yeah, they're not always, for me, they're not usually my favorite episodes because I like when you get more about the characters. Me but, too. But they're, they have to happen. Like, these episodes that kind of push shit along need to happen for there to be a story. So they're both mm-hmm. important things. All kinds of big things happen here, or at least get set in motion. You know, there's Victoria leaving mm-hmm. and future Ted foreshadowing that disaster. Um, Robin's feelings are, like, out of control at this point. Yeah. Before, I mean, she could kind of admit that she liked him and keep it cool, but, I mean, the last two months have apparently just destroyed her. Which, I mean, I could I could think, I could understand that, because if you think about it, they're together all the time, mm-hmm. the five of them. That's weird. Six, yeah. seven, I can't count. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, her feelings are ramping up just as Victoria's leaving, so you're like, what the fuck's happening there? Um, Marshall is getting a big kid job. For the first time, yeah, you know, he kind of, sold, he's selling his soul to some degree to get this job. So, like, where's that going to take us? And, you know, it's an episode that did what it was supposed to do. It's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite. Um, my only qualm is that they really seemed to just rush Victoria out of the picture. But I understand. Not I understand why. I understand why. And I, I'm sure that's not your qualm. I'm, sure <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. Slow clap. About time. We're almost there, Caitlin. Don't worry. Future Ted says we won't have to deal with her very soon. All right. So before we give you our legendary moments, we have three of them from some of our friends that are listening. Huzzah. Again, a very international cast. The first one comes from Tanya in South Africa, of all places. That's wild. Isn't that so cool? Someone in South Africa knows that we're alive. And I actually, I, I messaged her on Twitter to ask, just to clarify that she pronounces her name Tanya. And she said, yep, you guys, you said it perfectly on the episode, not like they wrote it for the bridesmaid. So it's not Tanya. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. So here's Tanya's legendary moment from Cupcake. It's one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. It's when Lily says, can't you just be happy for them? And Robin says, the best I can give you is a fake smile and dead eyes. And Lily says, Love sold. It. And P.S. Tanya's dog is named Lily. <gasps> no way. Yeah. That's she sent awesome. Us, she sent us a picture on Twitter. So you guys can scroll back and, and find uh, Lily the dog wishing us a wishing us a good day. So thanks for Adorable. writing in, Tanya. Yeah, thank you, Tanya. Give Lily some pets for us. And our next legendary moment is from Abha again. Woop and she's got two uh, different scenes kind of combined into one, which is her favorite. And it takes place in the bridal shop. And Lily, the first 
quote is Lily explaining to the bridal shop lady that she's not really a girly girl, but she would like to look like a beautiful princess. <laughs> normal, normal stuff. Yeah, totally <laughs> normal expectations. And then the other one is when she actually has on the dress that she destroys and says, oh, this dress is totally going to get me late on my wedding night. I'm so beautiful. Don't tell me how much it costs. Just snap my neck now so I can die. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. So good. I've definitely felt that way when you, like, are just so feeling beautiful and you're like, oh. Please don't ruin this with a price yeah. tag. Yeah. Amen. And our last one, last but not least, is our buddy Miranda. Yes, and she sent us another voice memo. So, friends, please send those in. I think those are fun. Yeah, they're a blast. To, and let's listen to what Miranda has to say about her legendary moment from Cupcake. Hey, ladies, it's Miranda. Sorry I'm a little late. It's been snowy here in Illinois. So, Cupcake, I have two favorite legendary moments that I cannot decide on, so I'm going to tell you both. One is Marshall and Barney, when Barney rips off Marshall's pant leg because he's sitting there sharpening his legs so that you could you don't see skin through the holes. And the two of theirs interaction is will always be funny. The two of them are like two teenage boys a lot of times, like giggle, giggle, let's get in trouble. I just love the two of them together. And then my other one is another Marshall one. Marshall is, I think, the only person who can honestly give everybody the talk that they need. He gives one to Robin a couple seasons down the road that she really needs to hear. He, you know, does it to Ted a lot. You know, he, he simmers Lily down when she needs it. Marshall is the one to calm people down. He has that voice. He has that reasoning. He is the lawyer, if you will. And so when he tells Ted, don't be sad. If you know you're going to lose your leg tomorrow, you got to do air kicks today. And I think that's, that's the best advice he could give anybody. So those are two, my two legendary moments. I hope you both are staying warm. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Oh, Miranda. She's the cutest. I know I say that every time we listen to something from her, but she really is. So in, so insightful too. Like great, yeah. great stuff. And that's so true about Marshall. Like as 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 uh, we were listening to your moment, Miranda, we were talking about other times that Marshall has has done this talk. And yeah, we've seen Marshall give the talk this season to mm-hmm. uh, to Stuart right before the wedding when yep. he was about to leave. Like he goes for the hard truth, but I mean, he really. He really um, is able to reach his friends because he's just such a genuine guy. He is. It's that Midwest soul. I know. I love that about him. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, thank you, Tanya and Apa and Miranda for writing in and sending us voice memos with your legendary moments. Mm-hmm. If you want to send in a legendary moment, you can do so. By emailing us at heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. And you should start thinking now about your favorite legendary moment from Life Among the Gorillas. Because that is the next episode we are taping. Kate, what was your legendary moment? I guess the the one that always makes me laugh every single time is Marshall threatening Gabriel. <laughs> yep, that's my number one. Because eating eating a mustache <laughs> is never the first thing I would say to someone. And like I feel like that's how you know Marshall is not really a fighter. is not a fighter. 
But that's even scarier than like I'm gonna punch you in the face. I'm gonna eat like, something off your face. Think about how close you have to get to that person that's and like horrifying. how they need to be like restrained. Like what? Yeah, dude. So yeah, that's my number one. Um, what's what's yours? My number one is the story of, of Gabriel and the weak ass <laughs> French mustache. <laughs> and like just when he says just that whole story but you know he got the creepy quiet crazy eyes going and i'm gonna eat that (laughs) that definitely then my second small one is when lily says credit cards oh yeah i like that one one. just because she's a girl with my own heart my other my other legendary moment is just a few seconds before that when she stands up and rips the dress. Yeah. That always gets an audible laugh from me too. I just love the insult to injury. Yeah. It's just so bad and it just keeps getting worse. It just gets worse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my third was just the brief exchange between the roommates about the clothes. And, like, trying to get each other to notice. Oh, yeah, that was really cute with the new suit and the new pajama yeah, pants. Yeah, like, I, I really like that part of their friendship. And yeah. Like you said, it, it helped to keep the episode a little bit more light. Yeah. I love when you have, like, a new outfit and, like, your best friend notices. Oh, uh, yeah. And you've got to – sometimes even if you have to force them to notice, you still get Exactly. It. Be like, oh, exactly doing what they're oh. doing. You know, like, pulling the little lapel, putting your leg up on the chair and stretching. Just serving face. Yes. Yes. So thank you for listening, everybody. And we will see you next week for Life Among the Gorillas. In case you don't know, we post new recaps of How I Met Your Mother every single Thursday. So be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. And if you want to send us your own legendary moment, uh, like I said a little earlier, you can email us at heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Hey Beautiful Pod. You can send them that way or just hang out with us over there, like the gifs that we post and all that jazz. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gordon and Caitlin Turner. Our intro outro music is by Owl All. We hold hands throughout intercourse. It's the only way. <laughs> the only way.